Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. I am so unbelievably pumped because today we have a very special episode, something we've actually never done before, and we're bringing on two guests into one podcast. So it's going to be so fun. It's going to be extremely dynamic. It's just going to be high energy and just a freaking blast. So who I'm bringing on today is going to be Jeremy Van Grohl and his lovely operations manager, Megan. And so the two of them are going to be coming today to talk about what it's like to actually build Jeremy's business. He is the owner and founder of the nonprofit bookkeeping. He is just so incredible. If you've been in the bookkeeper launch community, then you know exactly who this man is. He is known for being the pro at nonprofit bookkeeping. He is someone that I'm constantly tagging when people ask for someone who's an expert in that industry. And I just love what he does. And he's just a massive powerhouse. I also really, really enjoy working with Megan. So Jeremy signed up for Breakthrough, one of our big main group coaching programs, and brought his lovely operations manager, Megan, who it's been such an honor to support throughout the whole entire program. And Jeremy has actually not implemented any part of Breakthrough. Megan has done all of it and implemented it through her company. So we are going to be talking about a lot of different topics today, and then we're going to be diving into some fun stuff. And he's got a great big announcement that I'm so honored that I was the first to hear about, and I'm so pumped. So we're going to be talking about how to infuse company culture in a virtual work setting. We're also going to be covering how to transition team members into new roles and really allowing for that open communication from both the leader side and the team member side when they're ready to make that transition. We're going to dive into how to let someone else on the team take over the work and about the things that we typically convince ourselves as leaders that we have to do when all reality is Jeremy's going to prove to you today that you can bring on other team members to do the work for you. It doesn't have to be you implementing things all the time. We're going to be talking about the process to allowing team members to present new changes, roll out new tech, et cetera, and what that process looks like for him and how he collaborates with his team members to allow for change in the company without him having to say yes to everything. We're also going to be talking about their favorite things about Notion. So if you know me, then you know I'm obsessed with Notion, and so are they. And so we're going to talk about some fun stuff that we love about Notion. Then we're going to be talking about their feedback on the group coaching program that they took from us, which is Breakthrough which is allowed for Jeremy, who's the owner, to really focus on building the business to a record-breaking number, which is going to be the surprise at the very end of the episode. Jeremy's going to be announcing a big win that he recently just had that I got the first exclusive access to listen to. And he's going to talk about how this program and the program that we created helped not only himself but his team to implement and really excel the company further, further, further forward. So I am unbelievably excited and honored that both Jeremy and Megan are here today. And I can't wait for you to listen to this episode and chat soon. Do you ever feel like if you had actionable systems in place that it can actually take your practice to the next level? Can you imagine the freedom you'd gain from finally getting everything out of your head and into a system that can help you move things on autopilot? Do you ever feel like you want to hire help for your practice, but you just don't know where to start? Trust me, I get it, and you're not alone, but it doesn't have to be this way. You're kick-ass at doing the bookkeeping and accounting work, there's no doubt about that, but you struggle to maintain the systems and operations of your business, am I right? But don't worry, that's where I come in, the workflow queen. I'm going to guide you on how to implement tech, systems, and automation in your practice so you can scale bigger, hire better, and break through to the next level. I can't wait to support you here on the Conquering Workflows and Systems for Bookkeepers and Accountants podcast with your host, Alyssa Lang. Hey, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of the Conquering Workflows and Systems for Bookkeepers and Accountants podcast with your host here, Alyssa Lang, the Workflow Queen. I am so unbelievably excited for this episode because for the first time ever, we're actually bringing in multiple people today. And they're here to represent one company, and the owner and founder is one of my favorite people and also my birthday twin, which we just recently found out. And I'm just so, so excited to be introducing Jeremy Van Grohl and his lovely ops manager, Megan, to the podcast today. Go ahead and introduce yourself, Jeremy. Yeah, thank you so much for inviting us to be on. Um, I will take any Alyssa time that you will ever give me, so I'm super appreciative that you would have us. But yeah, my name is Jeremy Van Brol. I am the owner and president of Nonprofit Bookkeeping based here in Wisconsin, where it was 80 degrees last week. And then this week it snowed and it's 30. Winter <laughs> about that, but we'll get over it, right? A father of two very rambunctious middle school boys. So they take up all my time that I'm not working. And the firm itself, we are, I'm not that creative. So nonprofit bookkeeping, we do financial services to nonprofits. 
built up to almost 60 clients at this point and probably nice. 15 employees overall. So we have a great team and I will pretty much give all of our credit for our success to them and us. Wow. I did not know you had 17 employees. So that's actually something brand new that I learned today about you. Yeah. And like our culture is like your life before work. So we have some of them that are super casual where they only want to do 10 hours a week, mm. but great contributors are a team and other ones are, you know, they want to do full-time and to take on the workload. So that is one of our metrics we have each month that Megan puts together for me. It's like, how many hours did people work? What do they want to work? Are we meeting people's expectations and, and really living by what we want to be that we're putting their lives first? I absolutely love it. Also, just for our listeners to know, I consider Jeremy to be the nonprofit king. Like anytime someone says the word nonprofit, I'm most likely tagging him at one point. And it's just so amazing. So this is the power of niching down people. So remember that people will remember your name and remember to always recommend you if you know exactly who you serve and who you want to help pretty much. <laughs> yeah, and pick a hard niche that's different than all the other ones. So when anyone sees it, they don't touch a 10 foot pole and just say your name. But yes, handle it. <laughs> That's probably why you strategically did that, which is quite right. smart, in my opinion. Right. Love it. Yep. So thank you so much, Jeremy, for your quick introduction. So we have here your lovely ops manager, Megan. So please feel free to introduce yourself. I am so honored to have been supporting you for the past, what, year now in our group coaching program, Breakthrough. And I'm just so happy that you're here today. So feel free to introduce yourself. Thanks, Alyssa. I am so excited to be here today as well. And I am just loving the Breakthrough program. So I've worked for Jeremy for four years at nonprofit bookkeeping, and I was actually the second employee he hired there. And I worked for him prior to that at Bemis, which is where he asked me if I wanted to come join him at nonprofit bookkeeping. So uh, I loved his sales pitch of like, you know, it's going to be a fun work environment and it'll be flexible for working. And I wanted to spend more time with my son at home and he's in first grade. So uh, it's just really been great for our family environment at home. And I just love working at Nonprofit Bookkeeping. We have so much fun together as a team. And I believe our team culture is just one of a kind almost. And the flexibility has also allowed us as a family. We started RVing last summer and we're headed out next week for a five month long trip since my husband also works remotely and my kiddo does school online. So. What? I did not know that about you. How did I like, how did this never cross our paths at one point? <laughs> Man, that's amazing. Where are you guys going to be going? We are headed out west in the U.S. So we're going to South Dakota first and then all through like Utah and California and Oregon and Washington. Oh, I love it. When you hit up California, message me. <laughs> I am more than happy to come meet up. Any excuse for me to hook up a travel trailer and take off is my jam. <laughs> Will do. <laughs> so it's quite exciting. I mean, it's well, I did not know that you're the second employee. This is so crazy. Four years ago. So Jeremy, how long have you been in business for? Yes, yeah, so we started it in late 2016 after getting a crazy idea to get some side income, right? So I took the BL program, mm -hmm. like many of your crew, your listeners are faithful followers. And it just went to be like, I was pretty burnt out. So I've been in accounting for about 20 years already and very much not happy with my work-life balance. And busting my butt to help the man make more money, whether the man is a private owner or a stockholder, whatever it may be. So I was really looking to change the lifestyle and originally hoping that extra income would help. But then, you know, it really took off and a lot of blood, sweat and tears got us where we are today. I love it. I love hearing people's like background. I did not know that you were at the 17 employees thing is just a little bit mind blowing. Is everybody just curious? Is everybody employee or you have a mix of contractors and, and employees? We are all employees now. I did the contractor thing, but I think it is my my severe hate of doing 1099s, <laughs> even for our clients that I don't want to do that myself. So like, nope, you're going to be an employee. And it, we have been very blessed to have very little turnover that speaks to the people that we've hired and the culture. But yeah, we're going full on employee at this point. I just don't want to deal with the contractor path anymore. I totally know what you mean. And also you have a little bit more control. And I think that when your business, especially at your stage, you're not like at the newbie stage, obviously, when it's very clear. But when you get to a certain point, like it just makes more sense to have someone more consistent, someone really invested in the company. And I see the employees as more of an investment than someone who might be a contractor. Not to say that contractors aren't invested, but you probably know and understand like what it's like to be able to say, I need you guys to be flexible, but also I need to know I'm going to get a response from you. Yeah, absolutely. And 
And I feel like as an employee, you have a little bit more backing from the leader and from the, the organization itself. So like we are obviously contractors for our employees and that forces you to go out there and prove yourself every day, depending on what your contract is. And, you know, they can leave you on a whim. I don't want my employees to feel that way, that like I want to have long-term relationships that we build and develop them personally, professionally, get everybody where they want to be in life. Yeah. And it's great feedback to hear like Megan saying like that your guys' culture is one that's really unique because I feel like that's really hard to find. And it's really hard to find a company to work for that truly cares for what you do and how you impact them. And it's not just like the selfish, like, oh, I want to make all this money and do whatever. Like, of course, it's all of our goals, a part of it. But I love that she brought in that perspective that the culture has has made her stick around, which I'm only assuming, Megan, that's the biggest reason you stuck around. Or is it Jeremy's humor? (laughs) (laughs) Some of both, right? (laughs) Just a little bit. (laughs) You got to get there. Aren't you guys going to be doing an in-person retreat pretty soon for your team? We are. We leave tomorrow morning. Holy crap. Mid-April, right after our our joint birthday twin day, right? (laughs) But yes, we are headed for our second annual retreat. We last year, about the same time, we did Fort Lauderdale jaunt at a big Airbnb there. And now we're going to Denver. Yeah, leaving tomorrow morning for like Thursday through Sunday to have a couple good, you know, half work days together and then a bunch of fun together as well. And super looking forward to just, again, as you work in a remote environment, it's so hard to get, we do, I think, a really good job in this environment trying to connect people, but you still cannot replace that physical in-person time. So I think we have two thirds or 75% maybe of our employees that are going to that and really excited to connect with the ones personally that we've had to before. And there's at least five, six of them that I haven't met in person that I'm really excited to to shake their hand or give a hug or something to. Oh, that's so much fun. I love in-person retreats, especially meeting your team. There's just, like you said, it's working in this online space. It's really hard to create a company culture that everybody can really buy into. And I say buy into because you really do have to convince people of why your company is what it is because you no longer have a physical water cooler. You no longer have a physical way of joking around or turning around in your chair and like throwing a paper ball at somebody. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And and you can try to replicate that. So we even have like, we use Slack for all of our internal communication. Mm-hmm. Most of our shenanigans, right, are done via Slack. And I don't know if that was your idea, Alyssa or Megan's, but like we have a water cooler channel where it's like mm-hmm. we post pictures of our kids and we take like, hey, I'm out here or I'm I'm ready to burn things down today, whatever that is, right, that you can try to connect on this personal level as possible. Yeah. I'm assuming, Megan, you got that from Breakthrough. <laughs> I actually think it was from the BKX conference last year, oh, listening really? to the other friend you have, Jeremy. I forget Tyler. his name right now. Tyler. Tyler, yes. Tyler brought it up. The, and like he talked about the question of the day and we have that as well that we do. So, Oh, that's yeah. fun. Yeah. that's So inside a breakthrough in the Slack arena where we have like the Slack breakdown and all the channels, it's funny. We also have a water cooler. And I think that's pretty common. Like I've talked to other business owners, even outside of our industry, who also have implemented some sort of a water cooler. Because I think it really is important to say, you know, what are you guys up to? And it's it's optional. Like if you don't want to share your life, like we have some team members that just, no matter how good the culture can be or what they're like, they're just very like clock in, clock out. And that's just who they are. And yeah. I can't beat them up for that. Like if that's how you want to to be, that's totally okay. I'm not mad about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. You got to let people be themselves, right? Exactly. And we have a weekly meeting and I'll say probably... Two thirds of it is us sharing like, what did you do over the weekend? Anything that happened in your lives, right? So that's the one time we're all on camera on Zoom or 90% of us are and can just share anything about each other. And to me, that's more important than the next 20 minutes of topics that I want to cover on like this client issue or the system thing that we're changing or whatever else. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm really curious to kind of dive into the dynamic, dynamic, dynamic. Let's not make up random words again. This is my normal forte. <laughs> you have me like super concerned. What word am I saying that is not pronouncing it correctly? I know there's got to be one. And it's so bad. People make fun of me all the time for it. It's just, I don't even know where these words come from. But I think my brain just works way too fast for like my mouth is what what happens or vice versa. So I'm really curious about the dynamic that you guys have together. So I know that Megan, you are predominantly supporting in the ops aspect of things, but were you always the ops person from the very beginning when you started working with Jeremy or has it turned into that role? Well, I like gravitated towards those kind of activities right from the get-go, but I was doing mainly bookkeeping as well too, but I really love organizing all the things. So 
I've been very into it and I told him eventually I'd like to be in that role. And so my end goal someday is to be a COO for him, but we'll get there. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I remember I like when, this. when she first started too, I probably gave her the worst client ever. This is before we niched and we had this janitorial company that was a, a franchise and had like franchise taxes and like fees. And it was so complicated and I'm like, oh, I really need help with this. And Megan's brilliant. So I knew she could do it with some coaching on it. But that might've killed her ever becoming <laughs> a fantastic accountant or bookkeeper. But no, like we have, I'm, I'm big on like getting all the right people in the bus in the right seat. So like Megan is amazing in these things that she does for our operations and overall kind of cohesion of us delivering what we need to deliver. So like, again, super happy she's there and in that role. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just really curious as how did you as a business owner, because I'm sure there's listeners that are wondering, how do you even like have those conversations with someone to know that they're, they actually don't like maybe what they're currently doing and maybe they have a strong suit in a different arena. How did you as a business owner start to identify that Megan was actually maybe meant to be in a different spot? Was it Megan coming to you or was it you coming to her? I mean, I'll think it was a pretty two-way street. Mm-hmm. Like I, I want to people to be as comfortable and open as possible talking to me with, with whatever and whenever they want. Right. And that's harder as you get more further up the ladder. And I don't feel like I'm huge up the ladder at this point, but just try to facilitate open communication all the time. So I'll ask that, like, are you happy what you're doing? And, and see like, Hey, you did this really well. This was a challenge. But also ask them, like, what do you want to do? Like, I will ask that question. Like, where do you want to be? Is this the right thing for you, et cetera? And just listen and really get people to, you know, ask those hard, open-ended questions that you feel like you're breaking down barriers and they're really giving you an honest answer if that's an issue. Yeah, 100%. And Megan, I'm sure that you probably have some, some, how did you as the team member, because I'm sure there's people who are listening who are actually team members for some of the people that own a firm. How did you as a team member feel almost like the confidence or feel ready to kind of step in and say, hey, look, I'll do whatever you need me to do. And I really don't want to be doing this, but I really love maybe automation or setting up systems. Like how did you approach that conversation with Jeremy as well? So I'm a very goal-driven person. So like I probably almost weekly am like looking at what my end goals are and just really going through like, how do I get there and what do I want to do? And I kind of analyze, well, I used to be an analyst in my former role. So I feel like I analyze a lot of my life where I'm like, what makes me happy and what do I want to do? So I just, I enjoy doing bookkeeping, but I always really like a challenge. Like looking back through my past history, I change job positions usually like every one to two years because I want more of a challenge and Mm -hmm. I so like in the role I'm in right now, I feel like I really get to help with changes and it's a lot of new stuff coming my way frequently. So it's been a more fun role for me. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny because I totally love working with you in Breakthrough. Like you guys were a part of the very first round that we ever did. Pretty positive. You are, you guys were the people who won our first in line purchase was that correct? Sure did. <laughs> I'm <Yeah>. so anxious. <laughs> Megan was like, I am going to be sitting on my computer, clicking this thing times a minute until I'm that person. She was like, Jeremy, do you want, like, your fees are ridiculously good value. Don't anyone ever doubt that. But she's like, I don't want you to have to pay that. And I'm like, I will pay that. Like, if you can get it, great. But like, it is totally worth it. Oh, my gosh. That that was hilarious. Because I remember what Alyssa True loved when she was with me at the time. Yeah. Message me. She goes, you can't even guess who got first in line. And that's like, <laughs> she told me and I was like, it would be Jeremy. <laughs> so props to Megan. It was us because I would have not been able to pull it off. <laughs> yeah, I, I set like five alarms. <laughs> and I love it. I think that's the important part, or like a important aspect of, of the relationship that we have too, is that you think about, and I talked about what Megan's really good at, that she loves the challenge and like the structure of things like, I know I am not good at that, right? Like I can figure things out and it seems like I, but I am terrible at like documenting a process and understanding how things work together. And even like in your intro, which I love where it says like, you're a badass bookkeeper and a clone. I don't even know if I'm that anymore. Cause I have to like go work on client things sometimes to fill in. And I'm like, oh, this is hard. And I really have to think back at things just cause I've moved to a different responsibilities. 
but that is something that she has always gravitated to and, and done so well with that. It's it's not something where it's going to be beneficial for us as an organization for me to try to put my mental capacity towards things like that. Yes, absolutely. I love that you're preaching that. But it's funny because, Megan, I've always just appreciated you so much because we have such similar brains. It's very interesting to me because every time you've interacted, especially like in Breakthrough, gone to either coaching calls or you've just you know been involved or asked a question – we just think so much alike. It's really impressive. But one thing that you did that actually inspired me is, Jeremy, I can't remember where we were. I think we might have been on some sort of a one of our mastermind calls that we do together, the, yeah. the once a month ones. And you showed or I showed a process because you were having an issue with something about creating a map to showcase like all the different tech, how it all works together. And I was like, I've got the perfect example. It's from your own team member. Oh, and Megan joined one of our challenges. And I remember showing on screen, I'm like, I'm totally going to do this. And now you've inspired me with mapping out our Miro boards with understanding how the tech is showing with the tech logo. So props to you, Megan. Thanks. It's literally like my favorite thing. So now everything like tells me exactly like if this automation is happening, where it's coming from. And it's great. So I love it. So speaking of that, Jeremy, the only time I ever see you interacting in Breakthrough, let's be real, is when someone recommends a nonprofit um, person to support people. So it's been quite interesting to see that you literally don't do any of the implementation and Megan has just taken over. Yeah, that's true. I love how you're calling me out, though. <laughs> and not in a bad way. That's not a bad thing. Yeah, as long as it's true, right? And yeah, I, I agree. And it's, again, she has, she has, like, when two feet in right away to that group and just seeing the results that we've gotten from the ideas that have come through you guys that she has ran with. It, it makes me know that that is great time for her to spend. But again, I don't have to worry about being there unless like she needs me to, right. She knows that anytime you're like, Oh, there's this really hard question in, in breakthrough or like this came through. Do you want to talk about it? So like, we will jointly talk through if there is any opportunities that we think people are talking about or new things that you guys come out with, but it's really something where I know that she knows what our goals are and has a really good understand of my overall vision and desire for what we want to do. So like, yeah, be there, come to me with questions and let me know where I can help. But if not, like, I'm not going to be there. Yes, absolutely. And I really think that that's a huge thing that I'm uh, preach all the time about breakthrough is because we allow for people to bring in two team, team members. I'm always letting people know if you do have a team or if you have someone who can help you in implement, because maybe someone with just five hours doing bookkeeping for you might not be the best person to come try to implement something like this. But if you have someone to support you, What's the point of putting this on your plate, Jeremy, if that's not your strong suit when someone else is willing to do it for you? To me, do you, that's the ultimate form of self-care for you and also for the company is to have someone else step into their zone of genius while you can step back and say, I'll only pop in if someone wants to, you know, make a funny joke and I'm going to send a gif in there. Yeah. Hey listener, just wanted to quickly interrupt this episode today to ask you, have you been trying to find a better solution to actually taking payments from your clients? Then boy, do I have a solution for you. One of my absolute favorite pieces of tech is Pluto. Pluto is such a game changer in your business. It really helps you to allow you to be able to take payments easily from your clients through ACH. They also take credit card as well, but they have so many different options. One of the big perks to using something like Pluto over something like QBO and all the other options that we have out there for invoicing is because because it is way more cost effective and it has saved me thousands of dollars on those fees that we get taken out for invoicing our clients. So we no longer use QuickBooks Online in order to invoice our own clients. We now have migrated over to Pluto. And if you want to learn more about Pluto and check it out, it is amazing. They make such a seamless process for our clients to be able to add the ACH information, to ask them to authorize us to be able to take the automatic payment every single month and saves us a ton of money in fees. You're just going to go to workflowqueen.com backslash Pluto. That's workflowqueen.com backslash Pluto to learn more. Right. And I've, I've been a big proponent of that overall with our organization is to hire, especially with this support, we're like less the client implementation roles, but like the support roles, Megan's, we have a marketing manager, we have a sales manager. Like I probably hired those probably before I should have, knowing it's going to be a while before that person really gets up to speed and understands things. 
but to bring them on and get them in that role and make sure they start learning. And a lot of those things, they don't know nonprofit specifically, but they're good at sales or they're good at marketing. So there's going to be a learning curve. Let's start that learning curve now. And yes, it's going to cost a little bit, but I think every time we've done it, the, the benefits of that have been immeasurable. Yes, absolutely. So I'm actually curious between the two of you, you were talking about how when there's something that's maybe new rolled out or there's something about breakthrough that was really pivotal. And even if we're not even talking about breakthrough, I'm sure, Megan, you do a lot of research on different ways that you guys can transform the business, whether that's through a program, whether that's through online videos or just doing general research. I'm genuinely curious, Megan, how you are coming to Jeremy to essentially propose these changes. Like, what does that actually look like? It looks like a lot of pesty Slack messages. I message him a lot. <laughs> cool, like, yeah. hey, I just thought of this idea or hey, I just saw this. And like, I'll like sometimes do screenshots from Breakthrough and be like, hey, what do you think about this? And so it's a lot like sometimes we'll do huddles too, but a lot of times it's messaging because I'm not sure if he's busy or not. And so then he can just look when he's got time. And we do have an operations slash manager meeting that we do weekly and we discuss things more thoroughly than with the other managers if it's something that we are looking at implementing or doing something with. Yeah, definitely. And Jeremy, what's your like, how does this happen on your end? Are you as the owner? Yeah, I, I like it. Like I, I am normally skeptical with anything and with whether it's a new process, a new client, a new anything like I want to make sure like, why are we considering this? What is going to be the outcome? How does this benefit us? Who needs to be involved? Do we have the capacity, et cetera? So I, I think one of my strongest strengths is really asking those hard questions to make sure that we're not going, we're not running after the most pretty light that's out there or the one that just turned on and really being concentrated or direct about the things that we're implementing. Because even the things that we have now, and I'm sure there's everybody in this business, you know, like there are a lot of systems involved, right? And it's hard to get people onto those things and understand why that they're important. So I feel like I really need to be convinced to be passionate about something. If we're going to take my time, Megan's time, all of our other people on the team's time that are all very precious and expensive as the business owner to go about a new thing. So I get done just asking the right questions. Yeah, 100%. Do you ever find yourself feeling like one day you might actually just release that full permission to whether it's Megan or someone down the road? Is that where the whole goal of becoming a COO would down the line, that decision will no longer be on your plate? I think, yeah, I mean, that to me isn't as clear, but I, I absolutely love to get there. It's like, I think that's the goal. And like your program has been super helpful with that and trying to even vision what that looked like. But I would love to just only be there to be the face of the organization, build the relationships that we need to build, and then just be in those high level conversations like, hey, here's what we're doing. You know, hey, did you think about this? you know, again, pressure testing things, but know that the smart people that we have in charge running the business have already made smart decisions. Let me understand and see if I can help. Yeah, 100%. And so Megan, when you're doing these changes, so let's just say that Jeremy does make an approval for whether it's a piece of tech or it's a brand new software because, or software tech, it could be a process, whatever that looks like. What is your then next step? Do you just kind of work? Do you kind of just like hunker down on your computer and it's just you rolling it out or do you involve other team members or cross departmentalize and chat with other people to help roll it out? Or what does that look like? It depends on the process. Like we're looking at a new reporting tool. So I've been kind of working on it. And then on our manager meeting on Fridays, I'll bring like what improvements I've made from like the last meeting that we had discussed and get more input on what needs to change. And the other processes too that we do, you know, if it affects one area more than I might be working with someone on it. The notion stuff, a lot of that is me hunkering down on it. <laughs> but I think it's because I'm the only one that's probably like the pro at Notion at this point. Yes, I love it. I love that you guys use Notion as we know. Did you guys use Notion before Breakthrough? Was that after? I think it was after. Oh, I love it. 100% from you guys, for sure. Yeah. I love, love Breakthrough. It's or not Breakthrough, Notion. I guess I love both of them. That was really <laughs> awkward that I had to say that out loud. <laughs> right. But the thing too is I think that both like your program and, and Megan being in this, like you have to critically think through the tool as well. So I think one of the challenges we've had has been like Notion is big, right? Like there's a lot mm -hmm. going on there and it's hard to learn and hard to understand all the things that are there. 
whatnot. So I know there was conversations recently that Brooke, who's amazing as well, was talking mm-hmm. about it. You guys were in the group and Megan found this out too, that, you know, Notion added buttons that you can go and have those be links, which is just cool and easier to think it through it as a human, right? Even than a link, right? If you see that button, it just makes things simpler. So Megan right yeah. away said, hey, Jeremy, I made you your own portal for Notion that here's all the things that you, I think typically you go to where you ask me questions about. And then even more important than that, like a new hire, right? Instead of getting thrown all of this stuff when you're getting new systems anyway, it's a much cleaner page that has links to all the system, back system operational type information, links to our training and onboarding program, things like that. But it's just cleaner to look at. You have to go to this one page. And again, for her just to think about that, I never asked her to do that. She came to me and said, this is a good idea. Let's do it. Absolutely worth your time. Go for it. Yeah. I remember the buttons. I think Megan, you shared a video, the YouTube video about the buttons. Yeah. I was so, so excited about the buttons. So (laughs) yeah. And like doing the portals for everyone. I just, it was a blast doing it. I would probably do that all day long. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, maybe you should be a guest expert on buttons and (laughs) for breakthrough students. I mean, I still remember the day that Brooke slacked me and she said, Alyssa, you have to see these. Like when she sends me a Loom video, I usually know that it's some sort of excitement about something new that just got rolled out. And oh my gosh, I was dying. I was like, you know what? I can't watch these videos because if I do, I'm going to get really distracted. I've got a lot on my plate. I'm just going to go focus on something else. Don't get, don't get crazy. And then she'll send me like three more Loom videos because she's even more excited the more she plays with it to the point where it's like, oh my God, I'm getting antsy. I still haven't played with the buttons yet. Oh yeah. And I can tell when Megan is the same way. It's like suddenly that our personal channel between us or in the operation is like ding, 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 ding. And I'm like, what is going on here? So yeah, that's the same thing happens on our end. Like Megan found something new. That's going to be awesome. I better go check this out when I can. <laughs> Megan's like, I got no shame up in my game. <laughs> yep. I love it. So speaking of Notion and being on that page, I know that a lot of people have at first known me as the Asana queen, and now it's started to trickle in as the Notion side of things, which is really amazing. But there's also a lot of resistance for people using it because they think it is a project management system or that's where you're supposed to go to execute the work. But I'd love to know, one, what software are you guys using for task management? We're using Keeper for task management right now. We came from ClickUp and we had Asana before that even. Okay, gotcha. And so how, explain to me the dynamic of how you're using Notion with Keeper, especially to our listeners who maybe are like, don't they do the same thing? Like how the, how are you guys running and operating them together? So uh, we have in Keeper, we built out a pretty good standard template for the clients. And in that standard template we have links to our notion and it's just a general link to more specific instructions if you need more background on how to do that step or that tasking keeper and then we also have client sops and so then like at the top area you got client info so we would put a link to the notion client sops up there so everything is like task management wise is living in Keeper, but all like the information SOP stuff is in Notion. Yeah, absolutely. And that's exactly the way we use it too. I'm curious, Jeremy, I know that you said you occasionally have to step in for some of your team members. Do you still work predominantly inside a Keeper very often? Or what do you do at your job, Jeremy? <laughs> oh, this people are going to listen to this, right? I got to <laughs> say I do a lot of things. What I see myself at right now is honestly like, I think probably a third of my time is where I want it to be, right? Like making connections. I still help with like onboarding clients, kind of being the face of the business, help with the marketing, make decisions. And then the other of that is like, whatever you need me to be. So like, I'm a nerd and I'm a Batman fan. And if you remember the Dark Knight, like at the end of that movie is like, he can be what we need him to be. I feel like that's my role now. So like we had a a very large client where one of our team members, one of the few that we've lost, moved on that she wanted to spend even more time with her family and we wish her the best. But like one of our largest clients where she's gone and I need to get another person trained in on that until we get them up to speed, I can't have our largest client not happy with how we're servicing them. So I kind of had to get my accountant and bookkeeper hat back on and start digging into the weeds and and doing all the things there. So I, I feel like that's my other role is probably right now, I would love that third of my time that's really leading and marketing and, and being the face. 
that to grow to 90% of my time. Mm-hmm. And the rest of it is me hanging out with Alyssa and Preston <laughs> at a lake. But right now it's kind of like, where do we need the most help? And where can I make sure that our client experience stays as amazing as we hopefully have made it? Yes, I love that transition. Also, I just realized that we are kind of like opposites a bit, just a little bit, even though we have the same birthday. I'm a Marvel fan and you're a DC fan. I did not know you were a Batman fan because I'm a Deadpool fan. <laughs> oh, that's right. Are we now? Or... Yeah, I don't know. Like we, I might not even air this episode. Okay. <laughs> oh, man, I screwed it up already. <laughs> it's funny because my favorite quote from Deadpool is, I may be super, but I'm no hero. And it's, I have it literally tattooed on me. It's like one of my favorite quotes. Yeah. So <laughs> I love hearing those like quotes from the comics and all the fun things, you know? So I did not know that about us. At least we both share... I guess not really a liking of rubber duckies because the whole joke is explain this. So you don't like rubber duckies or you do like rubber duckies? I have a love-hate relationship with (laughs) duckies. I think I was the first person in a series of pranks that were supposed to be a series of pranks where like rubber duckies got put all over one of our, I think it was one of our mastermind sessions or level up or whatever it was all over my, uh, my quarters where I was staying. And then I was supposed to like, they're like, hey, go and give Ben and or the people who are putting this thing on, go take the ducks and put them in their room. And I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. So <laughs> so I think I got then coined the duck person and it has grown on me ever since. So like every time we go somewhere, now my employees even prank me with ducks. I seem to see ducks everywhere. Went by a bar the other day. It was called the Drunken Duck near Milwaukee. I had to take a picture of it. So all the amazing things that have kind of just grown with our rubber ducky obsession. I love it. So one, anybody who's listening who just absolutely loves this episode and knows exactly who Jeremy Van Grohl is, that's Jeremy Van Grohl, <laughs> go tag him in the Bookkeeper Launch Group and make sure to put a little rubber ducky on there and just yeah. tell him how much you love this episode. <laughs> I love it. What was the, oh, we were at a winery when we were visiting Brooke and they had the the coaster there that said, was it Funk is Druck or something? Oh yeah, like the backwards. <laughs> Yes, backwards. Yeah, I love it. It's just come up everywhere now. And now like I seriously embrace it and love it. Yeah, I love it. Did you know, I think I've told you this. I actually have been collecting rubber duckies since I was little and I have over like now like 500 plus rubber duckies. Yeah, and I used to see the people that would have them in like the front or the back of their car and be like, who's that freak? And now I'm like... (laughs) That's probably a cool person that I should probably want to go hang out with. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a big Jeep thing. So if you didn't know Jeep people, yeah, they'll they'll take the little rubber duckies, they'll put them on someone's Jeep and it's called like ducking them or something. I always forget the like term of it, but it's it's quite funny. So fun fact about Jeremy and Alyssa today. Yeah, that's right. Must be up there with the Jeep wave. Yeah, the Jeep wave. Yeah. Because if I got a forerunner, so we don't wave at the Jeeps. Yeah, no. (laughs) Other there's another hand gesture, so not no. Yeah, yeah, there usually is. We can always do others' hand gestures. So anyways, now that we went a little off topic, we'll kind of bring it, we'll we'll roll it back in here. So when it comes to how you're operating the company now versus how you were at the beginning, I'm really curious, Jeremy, about the transition that you've seen your company go from. And I'm talking from the beginning to how it is nowadays. Yeah, I like in the beginning, I feel confident in my ability, like I said, to figure things out. So it was really me just going in and every time doing a task and going to my brain and be like, oh, crap, what did I, how did I do this last time? And that's not a big problem when you have one or two or three clients that you're doing yourself. But once you even get to like five or like less than 10, even there's a lot of things to be like, oh, I had to figure this out last time. And I always try to take like, I'm a big Excel guy. So like little notes out to the side on this are the steps that I took, but they're always kind of crappy and you forgot something. And then like, did I really document that? So it was a hot mess for a while. And was so much that like, I would have to redo a bunch of things that I figured out already just because I forgot how I did it. And I wasn't great at documenting things. And this was honestly probably, and Megan, correct me if I'm wrong, probably till about two years ago, even when Megan was with us, like I needed her to focus on doing accounting and bookkeeping because we had to get these things done and whatnot. And she always had that kind of that little Jiminy Cricket on my shoulder that like, you should really find a better way to do this. or <laughs> Right. But I think, I think once, I think she started when we really put her in her operations manager role. And then it was shortly after that she connected with the Workflow Queen program is like, hey, we are big enough now that we really need to get our stuff together and start getting documentation and structure and procedural type documents together. And it has been like a godsend and a struggle all at the same time, right? So if you think this is easy, it's not, right? Like you can hand me 
Like you can do the best you guys have on creating a program. You still need to make it yours. There is not a hundred percent of it that is going to work for any firm, right? As much as I say, where maybe we've taken 80% of it, you need to know what's going to fit your culture and fit your clients and fit your life. So it's been painful to get where we at. And we are not a hundred percent there yet either. I feel like we're probably 80% of the way there even, even now, but now it is like, Hey, this person's gone. I can go and figure out what that is. And Hey, I need this information. Like a client wants to see your services list. Oh, I know I can go to notion and I can find that in a minute. Right. So I love it. Being able to, to intelligently find things and talk to things and have a repeatable process that isn't super painful has been game-changing for us. I love it. And Megan, I know that Jeremy was saying about two years ago when you were transitioned into this ops role, how did you see the impact of your transition and having someone on the team to actually focus on the ops? How did you see it from your perspective of how it made like probably your work life easier? Well, I think it made it a bit easier for like all the future people on the team just because like <laughs> we 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 made the training program. So I feel like having like all the training modules out there really helped people a lot. Let, let's be honest, like before you came on with the onboarding, it was like, Jeremy, like, hey, welcome to the team. Here's your client. Call me if you need me. It was really bad. So yeah, I mean, like huge change there. Just and I think that has helped. You know, we we've had a lot of the people that I've I've known personally or known organically that have joined our team. And I think that they knew me well enough to know that I was going to support them every step of the way. But now when you're actually putting out job descriptions and hiring people that you've not known or have no connection with, you can't go about doing that, right? You have to have some kind of formalized structure and system. And this has been just amazing for us, both on the getting the right people, retaining them, and then having the people be happy enough that the clients are happy enough that they're getting the right work and all that. Yeah. I just love that Megan was so honest. She's like, yeah, no, it was not fun for me, but it was <laughs> true. <laughs> you know what? Sometimes someone's got to take the the hard hit for everybody else to have, you know, a smoother ride. So to be honest, Megan, you are a trooper. <laughs> you can edit that out. <laughs> right? <laughs> I love the realness. It's it's the truth, you know? Yeah. I love it. So this is so amazing. I think you guys shared some great tips and tricks, especially those who are maybe at your stage, Jeremy, who have been feeling this overwhelm and wanting to like outsource and let go. But how do I let go to someone else to help me make decisions in the company, which I'm so grateful the two of you kind of came on because you bring a different type of dynamic. And I can just tell that you guys do have a great company culture, not just because Jeremy, I know you, but just even this conversation right here. I I can, I only wish I was a fly on the wall in your guys's Slack channel. <laughs> You would have fun. You would, yeah, we we would love to have you and you would have fun with us. That's for sure. I would probably be getting everyone distracted with like fun new things, but I'm sure me and Megan would get a kick out of that. Yes. For and sure. I think, I think too, it, it helps. It helps having people who would believe in the systems and things too. Cause I think you have an, a, a spectrum of adoption overall in the organization, right? So you have some of the people that are super excited. How's this going to help my job? And I jump on right away, the early adopters. And there's other people that always struggle with that. Like, why are you giving me this new thing? So like having full on support from me and Megan and having like, hey, this is going to be difficult. Here's why it's important for us to do this and getting people on board with that is still a struggle for some of our team now. But again, having having us together on a unified front, we've talked about this. We understand why we're doing it. That That's huge for us. Yeah, absolutely. So before we kind of end this whole shebang off, I do want to ask a question, especially for you, Jeremy. As someone who is at your stage in business, or at least where you at were at when you joined Breakthrough, which wasn't the newbie stage, which if any of you have been in my world, you know that Breakthrough, we do require that you have clients, that you do have intentions of building a team. It doesn't need to be 17 employees like Jeremy, the overachiever over here. It could be minimal and it could be small and you do have to have a system in place. I'm just genuinely curious for those who are maybe stuck at that same place that you were at. What advice would you give them now, kind of coming through the back end of that, of making that leap and just having faith in it? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And I'm going to, I'm going to do a little surprise truth bomb announcement at the end. Can I do that? Yeah, of course. I, I forgot about my surprise. <laughs> Ooh, surprise me. I think what I have been very blessed to have done is, and the advice that I would give to people out there is it is more important for you to network for employees and people than it is clients. Like we would not get to where we are now. If when I was a manager at this manufacturing firm that I used to be at and Megan worked for me, I didn't realize her talents and how well we work together 
and all that information or like all of the the benefits that she could bring to us. And I have done that with at least four or five of our team where it's somebody, our first employee was a girl that I went to high school with and she does amazing. And I just knew that she needed the right role. And I, I knew right away that she would be a great fit with some guidance and she had never done bookkeeping or anything before. And I'm like, I'll teach you this. This is fine. You're a great person, but just go out there and network for people more than you would network for clients. Cause if you have the right people, the clients will come. One other example is we recently had a client that was having a, a CPA firm come in and do an assessment of their overall business organization. So we got question, like a questionnaire and an interview section with them. And like the gentleman knew his stuff and he was, he was like the right attitude and everything like that. So like we finished it and I said, Hey, off the record, you're ever looking for a job, like, please look me up because there are not a lot of smart and somewhat fun financial nonprofit professionals out there. I could find a spot for you. Right. So that would be my first and biggest point that I, I harp on anyone that's talking about getting into this business is like, find the right people. Yeah, 100%. I can totally agree with that. And then like what that results in, and this just happened two weeks ago that I haven't told anybody on my team other than my sales manager who's been helping me track is that we have hit the $1 million of annual revenue mark as of a client we saw signed two weeks ago. So that's a goal of mine for a long time. I might have a little bit. Yeah, but- Really excited. I didn't even tell Megan. I just told her that I was <laughs> here and drop a truth bomb. But yeah, really excited where we got here. And it's because of the team that we were able to do that. Wow. That's so amazing. You are welcome to the seven figure club I'm, over here. Oh, cool. Do I get a green jacket or something? <laughs> we could celebrate in Oregon. So when we go to yeah. our PGW retreat, we will happily celebrate. I am so yeah. it's the vanity metrics are nice, but what comes with it and when people repeat that number to me tells me there was a lot of blood, sweat, tears, and a good-ass team behind you. Yeah, amen. And it's one of those things where it's like, when is it going to happen? And you put there on your vision board for a long time, and to see it happen, I, like our, our sales manager sent me a message. He's like, I'm pretty sure this one did it. And I look at my sheet because when you get to our size too, there's a lot of client fluidity, right? Like, oh, mm -hmm. that certain service isn't working, and this person wants to add this, right? So I looked at it. I'm like, yep, over the top. This is fantastic. So I know this will not air in the next two days, but I'm super excited that we happened like right before our retreat that we can go and I can announce that to the team the first morning that we are there. So Megan, don't even dare take that moment for me. I'm going to tell everybody. <laughs> right. Uh, She's yeah. going to go blast it in the Slack channel. That's <laughs> right. Hey, guess what? Oh. <laughs> She's all thinking of all the times. Was Jeremy really nice to me this whole time? What's in it for me? Blackmail opportunity. Well, that's a massive, massive congrats. And I'm only assuming, Megan, you are absolutely thrilled to be having some sort of an impact in being able to make that goal happen. Yeah. So excited that we got that. Oh, that's so amazing. Oh, how exciting. What a great surprise. Was this my surprise? This was a surprise. Yeah. I haven't told anybody yet. I was like <laughs> losing my mind. I'm like, what am I going to say? So close to our retreat to it that I'm I'm ridiculously excited for the what is it Friday morning when we all kind of get out right away we're having our first working session and yeah. to be able to like so Megan if you have ideas on how we should should talk about that with people I I think that you guys I know I'm not Megan but you know what you should do is you know those yeah. girls on Instagram who have those really cliche photos of like they go buy those big numbers and they're like little balloons yeah, <laughs> yeah you know what I'm talking about right. I think so. Yeah. It's like a, a like a modern day glamour shots with that with numbers. Yeah, exactly. So I feel like this should be a thing. Yeah. yeah. So that's gonna be, I think that's my uh on the plane ride tomorrow topic is like how do I figure out how to bam that into everyone? I love it. This is so, so exciting. I feel like I'm like TMZ where I'm getting like the exclusive right now. Yeah, don't put me on any like national <laughs> covers. <or> <laughs> I promise I won't. Oh my gosh. This is so amazing. I'm so happy for you, Jeremy. I just, you. I adore you. I think the first time we ever met was at BKX in the year that I spoke. So that, what was that? 2021, two years yeah. ago, something like that. And I just remember you being a hoot and a half. And then we did the BGW, the Florida retreat. And it's just, and then we found out we were biz, be or not biz besties. We are definitely birthday besties. We could be biz besties if you want to be. Yeah. No, I know. And like, I had, we have a lot of mutual people before I met you and they're like, you haven't met Alyssa yet? And I'm like, no, like, who is this? I want to know this person. 
like I like creepy stalked you in one of the after events and be like, hi. <laughs> you did. I was trying, I was trying so hard to get from one side of the room. I remember it was when we were getting drinks after I think yeah. it was after my speech. I think Ben Day was right after me. And then after Ben Day, they did like they were done for the day. And yeah. we went to that place where we had cocktails. And I was trying so hard to get from one side to the other side, but people kept stopping me and talking, which is incredible. I love when people stop me at events, but I was trying so hard to get over there and you were my last person to stop me. And I think I could tell, so I was brief. But no, but you, you were in line though. You were just, you just hung out with me in line. I was like, come in line with me. Yeah. Yeah, right. I was like, I can talk. I just need a cocktail. Yeah, we went and got drinks together. That hasn't happened since. Yeah, see, it's been great. So, well, thank you so much to the both of you, okay. Megan. Thank you so much for joining and just for being an incredible student because you were like our poster child. And I'm so honored that you guys were the first one to get in, which is incredible. So thank you to the both of you. And Jeremy, how can people connect with you guys, get in, in your world or be in your space? Yeah. And and just want to like push that thank you right back on you guys and your team. Like that was really instrumental in our growth too. So super appreciate it. But yeah, if you want to reach out to me, we're like not super creative. I'm a I'm an accountant by heart. So it's at nonprofitbookkeeping.com or Jeremy at nonprofitbookkeeping.com. Feel free to reach out. I love it. Cool, cool. Well, thank you so much, Megan. And thank you so much, Jeremy, for being here today and for just sharing all this goodness. I wrote so many notes and I know so many people listening here are going to love it. And don't forget, if you are one of our listeners right now, don't forget if you're also a Bookkeeper Launch student to make sure to go tag Jeremy and the Bookkeeper Launch family group and make sure to throw yourself a little rubber ducky in there while you're at it and shout out how much you love this episode and to share it with other people because we really do appreciate it. It helps us keep the light on over here. So thank you guys so much and have a good day. Thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of our Conquering Workflows and Systems for Bookkeepers and Accountants podcast with your host, Alyssa Lang, the founder and owner of Workflow Queen. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review on iTunes and share this episode with a fellow bookkeeper or an accountant on social media, and also tag me on Instagram at Workflow Queen. The more that we work together to get this out in front of other people, the better I can help to serve this industry to create more solid systems and processes. Now go take what you learned from today's episode and apply it into your practice so you can finally give yourself the brain space and freedom that you deserve. I can't wait to see you unfold throughout your journey. And thank you so much for tuning in to yet another episode. See you next time.